Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Passes away in flight 00H153. That's flight 00H153. Please approach the gate. Your flight is not ready for boarding. Your life's is new, not an out-of-home podcast. You're listening to the out-of-home podcast. Are oh, you locked into the out-of-home podcast? You're listening to the out-of-home podcast. Featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yas, and Stephen. You London boys are crazy. Arete, Arete, yeah. Whoever messes up is going to jail for <laughs> It'll probably be you. You reckon? <laughs> yeah. Waste, man. Are we live, yeah? Yeah, yeah, fully yeah we're up and running. Oh, we're snap. Then, we're up and running. All right, well, um... This is a bit of a unique episode today. It is, isn't it? It's been a long time coming, though, I feel. Yeah. It's, been, it's been on the cards for, for yeah. a minute. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, so normally, lovely listeners, if you can hear the voices of myself and Kwame, you, you recognise those voices. Um, we're normally joined by the elegant Kieran. Yeah. With those dulcet tones. And the, uh, the maverick. Oh, wow, nice. I was about to say eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, Stephen Apampa. Shouts out to both of them. Um... In the building today, we have myself, Yaf. Yes. Got Killer Quams. Hello, hello. A.K.A. Pappy Quams. Live from Amsterdam. And we have a very, 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 very special guest um, called Miles O'Mealy. Miles. Hello, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, Pleasure my brother. To be here. We, um, as you said, it's been a long time coming. For real, for real. So we're we're gassed to have you on the show. Um, we're gonna talk about everything we'll we'll kind of get into your into your journey and who you are and what you do um normally on these episodes we go into like what made us smile mm. and that's a bit of like a like a level set to sort of just to, like take stock and give thanks in it yeah yeah, yeah we do yeah. a lot of like oh my week my week yeah, and sometimes yeah. like no 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 there was yeah. this in it like so yeah so um before asking that, I'm just going to quickly ask Kwame. Oh, yeah, nice. What are we listening to today, my Thank friend? Thank you, a few downs. You're listening to the Out of Home podcast where, oh, wow, a network of four Londoners that met in Amsterdam that share stories of their own and dope stories of others. And, um, yeah, so we, we, we usually do this from Amsterdam and London. T- today is Amsterdam, and we're very excited about getting, getting into this. This is a, what we call, I guess, an in-house session, Out of Home you see what we did there? Vibes. And um, yeah, we're very excited about this and we're going to get into it. Uh, Miles, do you mind going first to like, set the pace or you can let me and you have to go with, with your first, with, with, the, with the moment, what, what made you smile? Let me go in the middle. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to kick it off because um, I, did, I wasn't able to do it just recently. <laughs> um, sounds kind of weird, but I'm going to go straight. Um, we we all know about algorithms, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Instagram, Twitter. Where's this guy? And, like, <laughs> yeah, where are we going Spotify, here? LinkedIn, all this stuff. Like, so sometimes, yeah. I've, I've been really grateful to Spotify when you listen to one of your artists, then, like, you, you've doing something in the background, then you're like, rah, what is this song? Then you click and you like. That's what I'm up on a different level. So... Um, me and my missus, um, we had a dog, but she she passed away earlier this year. So we're really animal people. A lot of time we're sending each other YouTube clips of dogs or what have you. So Instagram's like, all right, this guy, we know he's on, like, dogs and all that. 
But Instagram has now started to like tease me with content with like bunnies <laughs> and otters. And I'm like, otters. yeah, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. people that have in America yeah, or wherever yeah, yeah. have Cow. otters in their house. The otters, these otters are like chill in the living room, but, but when they're in the bathroom, they're frolicking. So. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, it, the, the algorithm has somehow deep that this guy might, might be susceptible yeah. to this kind of content. And I am. So, um, yeah, so a couple of times I'll go through my Instagram <laughs> reels or whatever. There might be, like, NBA clip, a football clip, like, uh, a, what do you call it, a streetwear clip. Then it's just a, a bunny or just, like, an otter. <laughs> I'm like, yep, like, like. So the algorithm has, has, has got me down. So, yeah, sh- sh- shout out to your people. But it's working. So that's what made me smile because, like, just, like, random things. And yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times we think about, oh, yeah, this and that. And you see, like, life is just so... Yeah, life can be so simple, isn't it, bro? For sure, for sure, like, for sure. Like, I'm a grown man. Like, I, sure. I think I'm smart, but it's like I'm laughing at this, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, otter in the sure, bathtub in sure. it, in, s- 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 somewhere in Minnesota. How, how would you describe what an otter is to people? Because some people might not even know what otter is. One. That is a good one. It's like a sea... Yes. It's like a water bear. Like yes. a small water yes. Yes. seal slash bear. Yes. Almost like, like... a furry seal. Yes. Almost like... Uh, in the same cousin as like a squirrel with less of a bushy tail but a lot longer. And bigger me? and fatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, it's a big, Ca- it's a big squirrel. It's more like a baby, like a tiny seal. Yes. With uh... we we have international audience, so a lot of people, a lot of people will listen to this from the UK. Kind of like a meerkat, but that someone that is prone. To, meerkats aren't prone to water, right? No. no yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. No. There we go. <laughs> there we go. But they're fatter than meerkats. Yeah. Otters are quite. They're a little bit wide. Yeah, because eh? after, yeah, no, we're really going in, isn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, if anyone from uh, National n- n- National Geographic is looking for some some c- content creators, you know, to holler at. But, um, Miles, I want to ask you now, for what me, made you smile in honestly, the last seven? T- honestly, yeah. I think our algorithms are quite are quite similar. Yeah, really? on the on the dog pet front. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. And the problem with these algorithms, the moment you you like just yeah, one, yeah, yeah just yeah. one, then you, it sucks you in. So definitely, You're in I, the game. I can't remember one in particular, but I've definitely laughed at, laughed at a few pet pet things for sure, especially dog things because I'm a, I do love dogs. But I think like the most recent thing is like uh, Messi. I mean, I'm not not an Argentina fan, mm-hmm. but I want Messi to like cement cement yeah, the goat yeah, status yeah, over, yeah, over yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. be honest, yeah. so like yeah, seeing them get to the final, I was happy at that yeah. for sure. That so, like that's so, dope. So this is obviously being recorded. This week before yeah, the World true, Cup final, true, so yeah. we'll listen to this. We're gonna see, yeah. or oh, people will know yeah. what happened. But um, um, I'm also, I'm also pro Messi. I think a lot of times we're tribal in life. People are, like comparing. It's like no, no, no. We yeah. just be happy that this man at 35 yeah. is doing a madness, still isn't still it? Like it's producing art on the pitch. Yeah, so, but you know what's interesting with that? Yeah, like football players now, I'm seeing have way more longevity than they used to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like we're seeing yeah. players. Before, when you, as soon as you touch 30, 31, 32, yeah. it's like you're on the yeah, way out yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. But now you look at Thiago Silva's, what, 39, yeah. 38, 39? Yeah, Zlatan, yeah. Modric. LeBron's yeah. still dunking yeah. at 37. But this is because, like, the, the Medical, knowledge of the game yeah, 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 yeah. And, the, and the human body and, all, and the recovery, technology, all these kind of exactly. things. It's just better now. And I'm it's curious to better. see what that's going to do for the next generation yeah, of players. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are they gonna stop playing at forty? Yeah, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's, maybe after oh, someone at thirty-five, you're like, yes, we've still got a good five years in them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that's 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 more money for those athletes to make as well. Yeah, and yeah. it just like for the economy, it's a it's a madness. Yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see what's uh, 
where that's going to go. Um, <clears throat> to, <laughs> to, to address what made me smile slash laugh this week, it's so stupid, bro. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm a pretty, you know, I'm serious when it's time to be serious. Yeah. I can mess around when it's time to mess around. But something happened today that just completely made me absolutely laugh, bro. You guys can both see the stairs in my lovely girlfriend's apartment. How would you describe these stairs, gentlemen? Steep. Yes. Very steep. Almost like a, a death trap. Yeah. Yeah, like... Almost like a ladder. Yeah, yeah, basically like, a, basically like a ladder yeah. with, like, like, like Miles said, like, <laughs> very, like, steep steps. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you said death trap, because trap in Dutch is stairs. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. Shit. It's crazy. Yeah, it you know what they call a staircase? A trapping house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, a great yeah, name, yeah. isn't it? Bro. That's a great name. Anyway, um, I wake up first thing this morning... And my missus is cooking breakfast. And she says, can you bring down the extension lead Ooh, that's upstairs? That already, sound, already, that already sounds dangerous. <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, cool, yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've come down the stairs with one item. Because I use my hand to guide me down the stairs, innit? I've, it's like a ladder, as yeah, you man said. Yeah, yeah. So I've got the, the extension lead in one hand. But then as I'm going, I see she's prepared her gym bag. And she's got boxing gloves in her bag. And I'm like, this girl really thinks she's about this boxing life. So... If you've seen her for like, if you've seen her Instagram, she she'll post like videos of her doing her boxing workout and stuff. So I always take the piss out of her. You openly mock them still. I mock them openly. <laughs> so I'm like, oh rah, like going gym with the boxing gloves. Yeah, all right, cool. So for some reason, something told me to put on one of these boxing gloves. So I've got boxing glove on one hand, extension lead on the other. So I'm going down, I'm like about to go down the stairs with with no hands, basically, <laughs> which is a risk. I've done it before, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's risky. So I got my, I've got my slippers on, so I've, I've gone like... Uh, yo, I'm in reverse crazy. mode, basically, yeah. yeah? So I've gone down, missed the step completely. First one. First step, bro. <laughs> I've missed it. And I start falling down the stairs from the top of the stairs, bro. Yeah. But obviously, I've got this extension lead on one hand, so I'm like trying to... But then I've got a boxing glove on the other, so I've got no grip. Bro, I had an almighty crash, bro. I came down here, bumped into the bin, knocked over this thing. So basically, and that was the start to my day, bro. What you got? A TKO before like round one began. (laughs) (laughs) On entrance into the ring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Into the ring. Your 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 opponent would have got a lot of confidence from that one still. But the funny thing to me is like, again, I'm serious. I need to be serious. I mess around. Need to mess around. But like I had a, a, a call, like a pretty in, important business call, like ten minutes later, yeah, and I'm jumping sure. on this call. Yeah. And I said to myself, "If only, if only yeah. you guys knew, <laughs> if only you guys knew what had happened ten minutes prior to this call, fam." Ah, so so that's what's been uh, making me smile. What made me laugh today, and uh, was just a reminder that we can't take life too nah, seriously. No, no, no. You got to fuck around, take the rough with the smooth, and especially in a time like now, man, it's dark. Mm. It's like. Yeah, man. I, be, I found myself just watching bare comedies lately. You mm, know? Mm. See it through. Like to just entertain myself and keep myself switching off from all the seriousness yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of work. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that, that was our, our, our quick round of what's been making you smile. This episode ain't about us, though, Miles. It's about you. So before we even kind of like dive into your story and who you are, how, how would you define what you do who you are like? Obviously, people know you from around the way, but if you do your research on Miles, you see he's a man of uh, of many talents. Many, many, <laughs> so we don't want to put you in any sort of box, bro. We'd like you to sort of like introduce yourself almost. Yeah. Um, how old are this? I mean, like, 
Yeah, I guess like formally would be like a design engineer, like as my as my as my craft as my trade, if you like. But no, like just more wider than that, broader than that, just like a multifaceted creative, and just wanting to like really combine like work and life into in, into one. But yeah, like what we do, it's definitely it's it's a product creation studio, but we always have like a very open approach to what it is that we create and where and the fields that we work in. So, you know, like you, like you said, like when you when you when you search me, it's kind of not there's not one individual thing that comes out and that kind of reflects in the studio and our work and our team. It's really like to be creative but always be open minded in that approach. So it's not one thing really. It's not one thing. Sorry. I just cool. Go back in? Yeah, yeah. All good. That sounds good. Um I feel like there's been um, there's been a lot of change in the industry that you work in, sure. and um, sure. you know you mentioned the team, you mentioned we. Um, how do you define your business? What's the name of your business? Yeah. I know we was having a chat, like how to pronounce it, where does it come from? So it would be great to kind of yeah get that oversight from you as well. So yeah, the company uh, Areti, and Areti basically is a Greek word. And this Greek word uh, means fulfillment of fulfillment of purpose, fulfillment of function, and it's like a singular word which you know you can live your life by, and it's how you approach your life and your day to day with Areti. So, if you're a chef, how you approach cooking; if you're a footballer, how you approach your sport, or if just your day to day in your relationship, you know, like having purpose and real focus in achieving fulfillment in your in, in your day to day. And that's what Areti means, and it's why I chose that word to honest with you, because for me it's very important that you that you have fulfillment and you have purpose. That's what drives you, you know, like from a day to day. If you have if you wake up and you have a real purpose and a real drive, then of course you're gonna get up and achieve. And because for me I never wanted like when I was younger, I remember very clearly like it was like there's no way I ever wanted to wake up and be like, fuck, I gotta go to work today. I never wanted to have that feeling that you wake mm-hmm. up and be like, fuck, really? I gotta go to work today. I never want that feeling. So fulfillment of purpose is something that really um really resonates very closely with me. And that's if you Google the word, it, it break breaks it down a lot, a lot further than that. And uh we actually can build our business philosophies and principles off mm. off, off off the meaning of Areti. And then the team aspect obviously is very important, man. Team team aspect to me is 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 crucial. Because, um, yeah, like, nothing, you can't achieve anything individually, you know, and, like, all the visions and the dreams that I may have can only be achieved if the team also believes in those two, adds to them as well. So not only my vision and my aspirations, it's, it's also the teams added in that too. So that's why I refer to we all the time because, yeah, it's by far just me. It's, like, the whole team for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, like, obviously you work in, like, you know, <clears throat> branding and design so you know you know you can have a great you can have a great like product but when it's got a name yeah yeah for sure it kind of has that little extra edge and you can get excited about it and obviously the way you speak about it was was quite like was was quite like polished and patterned but were you like struggling for a long time to find the name and then when, when you found it was it like a eureka moment or did you kind of stumble on it per se uh no it definitely took a long time to find the name for sure because it's it's funny because something that doesn't really matter 
but at the same time, yeah, it, I know you, do, mean. you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, not really that deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, especially for me, because it's not, it's not a brand. It's yeah. not like my. It's not, it's not a brand that I'm gonna sell a Reti product. Yeah, yeah. It's I not mean, like consumer facing, yeah, so to maybe speak. One day I, I, I would, I, I will do it. that. Can happen. I could see it happening, but <clears throat> yeah, it's not consumer facing from the get go. But obviously, uh, so that's why it was more important to me that. It actually it meant something like it could have it had a hidden meaning. Yeah. That was more important to me. So yeah. But then when I stumbled across it, it wasn't a Eureka moment because what Areti meant was like, damn, like that is literally what I want to achieve for my life. Yeah. You know. You, you spoke about the sort of the team aspect, yeah. <clears throat> and you also mentioned like fulfillment of purpose. Yeah. If we go all the way back not all the way back like yeah. from when you was born, but what what's the context? Like, what do we need to know about your life and what's happened How to I you like to... to sort of have this sort of perspective? Random question. I'm all about yeah. first when we have guests. Whereabouts in the UK are you from? Birmingham. Oh, I think you are first, Birmingham. Yeah. yeah, Birmingham. Whereabouts? Originally, Hansworth, but now Redditch. My parents okay. live in Redditch, which is okay. just south of Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. shout out to the Brummies. I don't think we've yeah. heard of Birmingham before. No, I don't think so. Nah. Well, even if we don't, we're going to say it's not worth it. Nah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're a Villa fan as well, isn't it? Villa fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aston Villa. There's a, bruv, there's a lot of talent in Birmingham, you know, yeah, in is. football. There is. There's what? There's uh, obviously Jude, the Jude young, Bellingham. Jack, young boy playing now. Yeah. Jacob oh, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Jacob yeah, Ramsey. Decent. Ramsey's a baller. Baller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Baller. Yeah, very composed. He'll, he'll be in the next, he'll be... Maybe not. Maybe the Euros, but definitely what, next he's World 21, Cup. Twenty-one, Ramsey, something like, like that. Yeah, because yeah. he's playing last year and he yeah, looked yeah. like he belonged, didn't it? Yeah. Slapping in goals, bro, against yeah. big bad boy teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so so born and raised in Brum, but yeah. What was your first like? I, I think I think for me the biggest impact on my mindset was sport. Was playing sport to a high level. To be <sighs> yes, honest. has to be this. Has to be this, but I could I played tennis to like a high really? level when I was a kid. Didn't you notice? Know yeah, no. random, hella random. But yeah, I fun fact about like, Miles. Yeah, like I was a top twenty-five in the country wow. under what, what, like 16, What was your game? 17. Were you baseline? Were you serving volley? I was like m one of my biggest uh, uh, idols. I mean, idols are strong. I don't really use the word idols, but yeah, I look, I admired his style of play for sure. It was like Lane Hewitt. Oh yeah, you know yeah. this guy was in like tenacious. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had yeah. aggression, fiery, yeah. fiery yeah. as hell, you know, and like just could he would like I will be out on this court for as long as I need to yeah. to win this game. Mm. He was intense, isn't it? He like, was he hella would, intense. A lot of players will complain because players will like double fall and he'll celebrate like yeah, he won yeah. the point. He was, just, he was just yeah, a fierce yeah, competitor, yeah, yeah. fierce competitor, and like didn't really have any like super strong weapons. Just good at just a lot of things, consistent, yeah, good at a yeah, lot of things, yeah, and yeah. so yeah, I really like the way that that he played. So I, yeah, I kind of like. Kind of like modeled my, I kind of like modeled my game a little bit off the way he played in terms of his his tenaciousness and competitiveness, and also just I also didn't have many weapons. I was I was a small kid, mm. so I didn't have much power mm. and stuff. So I was more of like a baseline and just hang it and just I'd be just fitter than my yeah, opponent, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just that <clears throat> when you play sport to a high level, it's like goal setting and discipline that you mm. need. Mm. Um, you know, like you set down milestones, you train every day, you, you like you know what you know what is required to have success, you know, and like so many of the so many of the principles in high level sport are 
just as a player. Oh, they're so transferable, bro. Crazy. They're so transferable, man. It's like one-on-one. You just transfer across. And even my coach, when I was like, from 13, I had the coach who was with me until I was like 20, until I was like 19, 20. And he remember early on, he was like, look, you know, let's be honest about this. Like, less than 1% of kids go pro, make it to a level where you make enough money. It's your, it's your job, basically. Yeah, yeah, less than yeah. 1%, about 1%, you know? Because even a lot of the pros are struggling, isn't it? A lot it? of pros, yeah. especially in tennis, because, yeah. like, <clears throat> you have to be, like, top 150 in the world uh. to be making enough money for that to be your income. Yeah. Mm. Everything, after, everything after 150 to 300, eh, you're doing okay. Yeah. I'm probably, you know, you, um, but... Yeah, you're not earning. You're not earning like the Federer kind yeah, of anywhere yeah, near. Yeah. And after 300 in the world, forget it. Like yeah, you're, yeah. you need sponsors. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So he was like, um, you know, let's be honest. You know, one percent make it. You know, so I don't know if you know. Let's if you will. <laughs> the pragmatic but, approach. Yeah, but the the mindset and the skills that you learn and will and will uh, will adapt over the next ten years or so will set you up for life as well. You know, so uh, definitely sport. Sport's been a big part. I totally agree, and it's something that we've spoken about a lot on the pod. But even with just, like, friends and stuff that have played sport and are now either have their own business <clears throat> or are working in the corporate environment, and just say, like, the impact of sport, like, you're more extroverted, you're more team-oriented, you're, mm. you know, you can connect with different types of people. So it's really this transferable thing that it's, I don't think is spoken about enough, to no, be honest. Really, it's really no. I mean, I mean, it's it's no coincidence, and there are a lot of like, even if you didn't make it pro, there's a lot of high performing athletes and sportsmen and women that go on to have success in the business and their personal life. But because it, it is so, even like failure and mistakes and like things like this, man. That's like those are beautiful concepts. Like, honestly, yeah. like you, you know how many times like. You don't succeed at something when you play sports to a high level, or you especially have, in tennis, where you like have, you have failure. You know, every rally that there's something that could be critiqued. Essentially, and tennis is unique because it's a very individual sport. It's a very yeah, very individual sport. Massively, like when you win, obviously it's all it's all on you, and that's amazing. But when you lose, there's no one else to blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no one else to blame. It's just you and on you. So, I th- yeah, for me, it's like definitely one one of the biggest things is like when you play sports to a high level is how to like ride through failure and losses and things when they don't go your way. Um, because in business, that happens all the time, you know? Mm. And how you ride through that and just continue on and dust yourself down. And it's really like looking at things objectively and, yeah, why did that not work? Like, you like you review the matches that you lost and you break that down and you go back to the training and work on the things that you yeah. didn't, that you the reason why you lost, you know? Same in business, you know? Why did that not work? Can you, you review that with your team? Okay, how can we improve? You know, in team sports like football, we didn't score enough goals last season. Right, let's go out and sign, let's sign a new striker. You know, same in business. Like, okay, we didn't quite have that in our in our roster, in our mindset. Right, I need to hire someone who will help me achieve that, you know, and then give them the complete, um, just create the environment ecosystem for them to thrive and do what you've hired them to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, as simple as that. I think oftentimes in sport, there's, you have athletes who are performing at top, top level, but they don't necessarily know at this moment of their careers that they can apply this mindset to something else. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are so many smart athletes out there who people have no idea. This person's hella intelligent. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's an opportunity there in the sense of, athletes being a bit more um, diverse in the business world 
Because yeah. a lot of the time it's after career, post career, or you know, you reference your coach saying one yeah. percent of people make it. So, I mean, me, I play semi pro football. I was yeah. never. I knew I was never going to make it to the prem. So at nineteen, similar yeah. age to you, I was like, all right, let me let me see what else yeah, is out yeah. there. Do you feel like you always had a knack for business or was it something that you had to kind of learn on the no, spot? Definitely not, definitely not. Because, like, uh, I didn't even consider, like, non... I didn't consider anything other than tennis till I was, like, 19, So mad how we think, innit? Like, no, nothing. Like, I didn't... I wasn't even going to go to... I went to uni after going pro for, like, nine months and I was like, this is nuts. Mm. Men's tennis, this is nuts. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna need another four or five years of training to, anyway. Yeah, it's just nah. So then I was like, that's when I then considered other options wow. at nineteen, twenty, yeah, yeah, yeah. and even then it wasn't considered that that thoroughly. I basically went to Sheffield Hallam because two of my friends from Birmingham were at that uni. <laughs> and I was like, cool, I can live with them for yeah. a couple. Shout of years out to the homies. Have, have some fun. What, what what course did you do? I did a course called Sports Technology. So I was also like, okay, what do I like? Yeah. When I was at school, I really liked graphic design, product design, like anything design, building orientated, I really liked. And obviously, I, I love sport. So I just had them because my two of my friends were there. And then, all right, what courses do they have? And I didn't really have the best grades. Mm. Um, so I couldn't, you know, go... I had to also pick certain, certain courses, and Sports Technology was just... Just the one, really. So that's why I went to uni. And that's when I was like, okay, started to think about how I could make a career, like, within sports still, mm. but on the on the product side, which yeah. I've always been interested in still. Yeah. And then um, from your degree, did you... Um, did you... Because, uh, obviously, we, yeah. have, we all met you out here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That company will speak about. Yeah. But were there any, was there any like, steps in between? Yeah, for sure, to... because that sports technology degree wasn't that great, to be honest with you. <laughs> to be honest. Shout out to everyone. Trust me. You will yeah, make yeah, it. Yeah. Hey, what's, what's the shopping center in Sheffield called again? Uh, Meadow Hall. Meadow Hall! Oh, man. Oh, my yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. I've graced Meadow Hall yeah. a couple I, of times. I even worked in that shopping center. Yeah. I worked in the office. Remember the sneaker store? Yeah, of course, of course. I did, uh, I did the Christmas stint where they needed okay, more okay. people. The, the temp situation. Yeah, temp yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, didn't ask me back. Really? They didn't ask me back. They didn't put me yeah, there. They said, ciao, see you later afterwards. Oh, it's like, damn. Harsh. That's quite demoralizing. Yeah, man. I didn't even get kept at the office. I was like, yo, that's wild. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, so I went there for like three months. Um, but no, the course, because the problem was that that was the first, I was the first round of students in that course. Mm. So they were basically Trying still figuring out, out how oh to make this course a thing. Me. So the first few years was just basically, they were piecing together modules from other other courses to build my course. So it was like a bit of yeah, a bit of a trial period. Very DIY. Bit of a, yeah, a bit of a trial period. So when I when I finished that, when I finished that course, I was like, I'm never gonna get the kind of job that I want with this with this course. Plus I had a two one, so I was kind of like, that's most a, most people get two grade, ones. It's a good grade, yeah. yeah, but most a lot of people get two ones, yeah. right? So you're kind of in that in that part with a lot of people. So then I looked at masters, and I got I did a masters in a. At Loughborough, which is okay. where I really like, that's where I really. That, that's a really sporting. That was yeah, yeah, but they yeah. also like just like very very good university for engineering too. Okay, so okay. I did an, a master's in design engineering, and that was when like I really then was like when I really hit it. You had the bit that, between your teeth. Yeah, that was the first time. That was the first time in my life I ever like knuckled down educationally. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. But that's because you tapped ever. into. 
the the, the word you use earlier, like your purpose, and yeah, you knew yeah. what you was interested in. Yeah, yeah, I really found something that like, fuck, this is really me, man. I love design, but I also geek out over engineering, mm. and this course is everything that, and it's at like a high level. And how old are you at this point? I was 21 or two. 22, no, I was 22. That's 20, crazy. I was 22. Because I feel like there's yeah. a lot of kids now, even, even in like when you're 14, 15, you have yeah. to choose your options that you're going to study your like your higher yeah. grades your GCSEs then you feel like there's pressure to choose the topics it's in early, college man. it's very early that's a very young age at 14 right? 15 I can tell you I wasn't I was I, I, would, I did half half days at school to you know what I'm saying yeah. I wasn't I wasn't thinking it's, anything about that it's, it's crazy you're taught to your way sorry where pressure to to, to figure our, our futures out are we are we are we, are we haven't even like, figured our lives out. Nah, like, exactly. You, yeah. We're talking friends that are like changing teams like yeah. willy nilly, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can change my, yeah. my, 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 yeah. my hopes and dreams. No, right, man. Man. Nah, it's too, it's too, it's too, it's too, uh, it's too young. It's too young for sure. So you're, you're 21, 22, That's what, 22, doing your masters. Because I did it, I finished your 23. So 22 to 20, it's a one year masters, 22, 22, 23. Yeah. yeah. And what did you... How does it even work a master? Do you just get your master's or do you get a yeah, grade? No, yeah, you, you, you study your master's for a year, then you yeah. <clears throat> then you do your final your final uh, project is like um, a dissertation, they call it. Mm. Where it's yeah, it's a master's project. So for me I did um, I did protective equipment, but 3D model. This is like early on in like 3D printing, 3D modeling. It's like what, ten years ago now. Yeah. So I did. I did three D modeled and printed protective equipment. Mm -hmm. So like I did. I did football shin guards specifically. Like uh, had a phone app, m took a picture of my friend's leg and basically then modeled nice. um, a a, a, some three or four different shin guard designs and then printed them and then we tested them playing 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 matches and doing oh, training. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, that was my project and I got a I got a first. I got a dissertation for oh, this. Oh wow! Amazing. So then from this then was how I got the job at Nike. Ah, I'm <clears throat> before we go into the Nike stuff, I'm curious to know, because you say 22, doing this Masters, you really tapped into your yeah. your passion and what it is you're interested in. Where do you think, like, I'm trying to understand the context, like, where do you think, or why do you think, this was your passion? Like, what, what do you think it was that you experienced in your life, or you did that just made you super interested in this? Because the reason I'm asking is most kids growing up, they don't even know that there's careers in, yeah, sure. in this passion of yours. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to know, like, what was it about? I also that? didn't know that there was a career in design engineering. I didn't know there was, I didn't know there was such thing as, like, a footwear developer. I didn't know. Um, even when I, like, I finished my master's, I was like, no idea what kind of job I'm going to get. Wow, I didn't okay. know. I did not know. I had no idea what kind of job I was going to get. Um, but, yeah, the sport, obviously, that sport is obvious why I was into sport. Obviously, my, also my dad was a, a very... He was a better runner than I was a tennis player. He was, like, a very, very good runner, very high-level runner, 800 metres, um, had Olympic trials. Like, I, I met a couple of his coaches when I was playing tennis because I, I played a tournament at his old academy and his coach was still coaching there. His record is still... Oh, mad. His mad, mad, mad. record was still on the board as number one at the academy. And his coach was there and he was like, yeah, I don't know how your dad, like, how he didn't... He was he was Overt, Steve Overt, co, that era. And he's like, I don't oh, know. Oh, snap. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't, you know, because he was competing with those guys. I don't know how he didn't go as far as those guys. He would he, he used to say to me. 
so obviously I had that as a driving force. Um, and my dad was like, uh, yeah, push me, push me hard. Uh, and then my and then my mom was like, she was creative. She like she likes art and that kind of stuff. But she was more. But she was a school teacher, so create mm. like design and creativity wasn't her job. But she, that was like a hobby. Those are her hobbies, you know. So I guess that I guess it came from that. But I'm not really sure where the engineering and the creative and the creative side come from. It's not, not there's no clear connection. I guess it, I guess it could be connected to some sort of curiosity that you have. It's like, how do things work? How do you, yeah. how are things put together? You know? I mean, when I was younger, growing up, for sure, I was always very fascinated by like building things and taking things apart and that kind of stuff. That was from a young age. I was interested in that. And my sister, she's also very creative, very very talented as well. So there's obviously something in the blood, something you know? in that DNA, where DNA that is like creative. You know, revolves around creativity because she's very creative and very headstrong, but in a completely different field. But still, the the principles required to do that job well are the same. You know. Yeah. So so you've you've graduated now. You've done a master's. Got a first in your master in your dissertation. Then then what happens? Then then that job. Then the then the the Nike. Um, so the Nike job, off, the Nike opportunity came and I wasn't even going to apply, you know, because it was like footwear developer and I'd never done anything on footwear. Never. So I was like, I'm not going to... And my... Le- one based of my, in Netherlands, based here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. based here. And my, my, my lecturer was like, so you should still apply. And I was like, yeah, but I've not done one footwear. I've not done nothing on footwear. I knew mm. nothing about footwear. So he was like, no, you should still apply. So I applied, went through the three rounds of... Um, interview like you know how it is and and yeah i i got the job i have a question yeah i'm always curious to know like <laughs> how did you find out about the job on linkedin, LinkedIn. on linkedin man yeah wild on link i didn't even find it my lecturer was wow. like yo look at this linkedin um uh job advert you should apply and i was like no i'm not gonna apply it's footwear I've not done anything on footwear, and it's Nike footwear too. It's not like a small brand footwear. Yeah, it's Nike. It's yeah. Nike footwear, you know. And like you, us, us guys growing up, like London, Birmingham, like Nike's like the holy grail. It's like mecca of like Facts. sportswear. How are you gonna get a job at Nike from fucking Birmingham? Yeah, yeah. Mad without studying footwear. What was your... Uh... And you're probably thinking, like, my shin pads are hard, isn't it? But... <laughs> <laughs> for real, it was like, it was a cool project, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that ain't gonna go anywhere. How, how was your LinkedIn game back then? I don't know how I remember, but probably weak as well. <laughs> probably hella weak. But then, like, th- um, did you, like, send them a lot of the projects you worked on? Yeah, yeah. I made, like, a little portfolio nice, from it nice. as well, which, again, look, probably was a bit weak, but, yeah. I mean, it was more like you do more talking at that mm-hmm. stage rather than showing because yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't applying for a design design position where you need a design portfolio that kind of stuff yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. applying for a developer position so it's more how you think how you talk how you problem solve problem solving in, as a as a high level sportsman as well like yeah. problem solving is a big one in business as well business as well yeah. So, yeah. even in tennis like oh this guy's back yeah exactly exactly <laughs> analyzing like analyzing like, constantly constantly this joke man to the <laughs> Analyzing, yeah, so yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, it's more like that in the interviews for sure. Knowing Nike, they must have been so gassed that you was a former tennis or still at that of point, course, like a tennis of course. player. They love Nike, that shit, love man. it, they love that shit. That's what I tell everyone who like who asked me for advice on Nike, hey, mention your sport. Like, did you yeah, play sport facts. to a good level? If they say yes. 
talk about it, mm-hmm. talk about it a lot and like talk about the skills that you developed through it and the achievements that you had, all this kind of stuff. Talk about it. Yeah. Because they love that shit. And it's funny because like when you're when you're on campus at Nike, everyone claims to be ex-pro footballer, ex-semi-pro footballer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get on the pitch and you're like, yeah, yeah. are you sure, bro? <laughs> For real. For real. For real. So okay, so you so you do those three rounds? Yeah, the three. Yeah, I did the three rounds. The last round was in Hilversum, in, in person. person. Yeah, in, <sighs> last round was in person. Those old yeah. days when you could just mm. go somewhere because that was similar with yours in your old company, right? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. you came to Amsterdam yeah, yeah, to have yeah, the exactly, interview. Exactly, exactly. These yeah. days it would have just been a Zoom thing, but that's yeah, mad. Yeah, it okay. been, yeah, nah, nah. Was, uh, they 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 flew me out for the last one, and I pulled up in a suit, man. It was. So- <laughs> It was so bad because my dad, you know, but the fact they gave it to me, they were riding for you. There was some side eyes like, yo. no, no, hundred percent. like when I started, when I came back to start, my boss and my team told me like, yo, like when you pulled up in that, it's suit, a big we, thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we were like not sure if you were the right guy, you know, like Details, you, you, you pulled out the bag with the way you spoke because the way you pulled up wasn't wasn't correct. <laughs> Were you wearing like the full the full shebang or like I was, a suit, a Nike at shoe? Least a, no, 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 shoes, no, shoes, like, shoes, okay. shoes. I just, I just didn't have the blaze on the tie. But it was because, it, but it was my dad, like yeah, old school yeah. Jamaican guy. Yeah, interview, yeah. what do you mean you're gonna wear a suit? Like, there's no way you go to an inter- in his mind. There's no That's way you pull up to an interview not in a suit. And yeah. I was like, Dad, it's Nike. I don't need to wear a suit. And he would not let me leave the house. That is so funny. Suit. And I was so he, I at least compromised yeah. and allowed me to not pull up, not wear the tie and the, the blazer. Yeah, the tie could have. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Because like, I had this thing. I, uh, famously, I missed yeah. my um, interview for my job because of because uh, I missed my flight. Okay, Because okay. I, was, I was, for some reason, fantasizing or oh, an edit. Yeah. Um, spent too long, what's the word, fantasizing about this ch- chicken guacamole and bacon bagel which is not a real thing <laughs> not a real thing but I was like it's a Friday I missed yeah. my interview and not because of my interview talents because someone turned up they, they could have got it yeah, yeah, and link it back to yours just because of your outfit if yeah. the next person wore a wavy tracksuit they might have been like yeah, yeah. my house is cool but, but that tracksuit was yeah, hard yeah, didn't yeah, it for real, for real for real for <laughs> real as we're learning the details in design like look at look at France and yeah. England like small details, details. crazy small it? details yeah. small details and at Nike as well yeah like for context anyone who's listening Nike is such a there's such a, a specific culture associated to Nike. So even just pulling up in a suit, yeah, yeah. people can look at you and think like, mm, nah, this guy's like maybe this person isn't yeah, the right fit. You don't get it. It's to say the, the best thing, they have yeah. the best record, isn't it? Nah, it's, but no, it's okay. Stiff. So you, so like you managed to escape like suit gate. Yeah, yeah. How long? How How long? So I'm guessing were you working in Hilversum and living in Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. Li- living in Amsterdam, working in Hilversum. Yeah. Did that for two years. Okay, and then you yeah. and then you really went out of home. Then right? I really went out of home, yeah. and I went to Vietnam. Yeah, that was wild. That was wait, 20, wait, wait, twenty six. <laughs> so yeah. how did how, okay? So you've lived, you've done the Netherlands for two years. Yeah, I'm guessing that must have been a crazy culture shock. Because did you move from Birmingham? I moved from Birmingham Jeez. to I moved from Birmingham. Well, I mean, I was I was working for my old internship company for when I graduated from my masters just for a bit of, a bit of cash. So I was actually living in Nottingham at the time. So you never actually done London then? No, I never lived in London. I never wow. lived in London. Yeah, I never lived in London. Wow. So, you, yeah. so like you came from like Redditch to Nottingham to Amsterdam. Yeah. I mean, I spent some time in the north because That's of my cool. uni so and Loughborough. So I was Sheffield, Nottingham, Chesterfield, these areas for like... Chesterfield? Chesterfield for like... Kevin Davis. For like... For like for, <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, if they cut running that... Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, I, had, I had some friends who played, who played for Chesterfield okay. as well. So I was like there for like four or five years. 
And then obviously he was always in and out of Birmingham a lot too. But I never, I barely even visited London mm. during the, my time in the UK. Um, so then, yeah, then I moved from Birmingham slash Nottingham to Amsterdam. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah. What, what was that transition in terms of, like, Birmingham boy? You've gone from, like... Reddits to Rembrandt Square real quick. Like, <laughs> what, was the, what was the transition for you like? It was cool, man. Honestly, it was cool. Like, I actually very quickly felt like, wow, this is, this is my place, man. Mm, yeah. This is my place. Like, the mixed, the mixed, like, well, just the amount of creativity that was in your face, very visible. Mm. And also, like, because we're all, like, multifaceted, you know? Mm. Like, you know, like you said earlier, like you can, you can, like you can joke and have a good time and you know when to be like serious and turn up, you know? And like, that's the same for me. Like, you know, you can have like nice little glass of red wine and then on the weekend you can turn up, you know? But kind of like in Birmingham or the UK, like you can't really be both those people, you know? In, it's in, true. It's in one or the other, places. isn't it? Yeah, it's one or the other. Mm. And here, like, I know. Is he a ladder? Is he a fancy pants? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to lie, like, what? I'm a little bit of both. I can be bougie. I can be bougie. But I can also just be like a proper lad and like, just yeah, be easy yeah, as, yeah, easy yeah, as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not care, be really easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can be both. And that goes across, that's a, across the board, I can yeah, be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Amsterdam, you know, I just felt like, here you can be both, man. Like, it's very open-minded. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of, there's a, it's very multicultural. And it's such a small city as well. Like, it's just so accessible. And it's just like, you're in it. The it's concentration amazing, man. of everything. Like, the creativity, the multifacetedness, the diversity, the entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, so, go on. so, yeah, I just, I, f- I felt at home quite quickly. Yeah, I can imagine. I think, I think you, when, when did you come to? 2014. Okay, so you were here a year before me. Yeah. I remember, like, when I first started, like, meeting you and, like, the rest of the gang, it was, like, the infancy of the... Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you're working for Nike, so yeah. I remember I was like, no, like... These, these guys have just the energy. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. They're doing things, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. I was on the other side, so it seemed a bit like... <laughs> that's that's really yeah. interesting, though, because a lot of people sort of see these, the brands that you just mentioned, yeah. even what you're doing yeah. now, Miles, as the finished articles. <laughs> but you were... Like, you guys were in Amsterdam almost like this golden era of yeah. creativity, entrepreneurship. People just, like, going after what they want to do. Like, how, how did that feel, bro? Because I can just oh, imagine... amazing, yeah. 
that was that must have been the sickest feeling ever. It was ever. amazing, man. Like to just be around those boys. Obviously, like they like I always tell people like I'm adopted by Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. Like it's my home city, it's my base. You know, I travel a lot, but it's my base, and I'm fully adopted by the city. And I think after month six, after month six, like I met Hussein at a party, and he basically then was like, "I've seen you. I've seen you. I was with Matt and I was with Kevin." And uh, it's like, I've seen you boys around, like, last few months. Like, what do you guys do and stuff? And then we obviously introduced and then went from there to the one of the... I think it was... No, not the old FP office, the office before that on the... I think it was on the Kaisergrat. Um, and, yeah, man, just, like, walked into Guillaume's office and was like, bro, what the fuck? This guy's the same age as me, mm. 23, 24. And he had this wavy office. Brand filling pieces. Shouts out to know, It was like poof, so sick, so inspiring to see Hussein, Jeff, Abdul, Olaf, you know, all the boys, you know, um, just doing bits, black, mixed, mm. doing bits, mm. you know. Mm. And like when my dad came as well, he was like mad proud, you know, because for him, that like, that, um, you know, that immigrant. Uh, um, Generation, yeah, yeah, generation, yeah, 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 from Jamaica yeah. to the UK, black had a negative connotation. Yeah, facts, you know, like trouble with the police, womanizer, yeah. dad's not around, you know, like crime, all this shit had a black had a black connotation to him, and he was trying to escape that, and he in sport was his 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 escape, mm. you know. So when he came and he saw like the crew. And he visited the stores, visited the offices, and he comes every like few years, and he sees the progression. He's just like, right, this is mm, nuts. This is sick, man, to be around like such positive black energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, when I was young, like 24, 25, being around those boys, it was just like, yeah, was was really, really inspiring for sure. Can you imagine like a film? Oh, bro, bro, keep going. <laughs> can you can you imagine a film made of that era of just like everyone on their come up? That like, but from the business side yeah, yeah, and like no, but, to yeah, the yeah, nights out like, and you're you're four like leading companies like yeah. like, like like actual businesses which employ people. I was gonna say like now obviously HBO Max Netflix the best writers can make a film, but I guess for you the magic would have been those early moments. Those early it? years. Oh, yeah. Also yeah. like you don't like now with there's so much pressure on on all of us yeah. now. You yeah. know like there's so much pressure. Now, back then, you didn't have that pressure, man. Yeah. You're just young. It's just like an adventure. Um, yeah, you're almost that. a bit naive to it all. You're just on this crazy ride, this crazy journey with your boys. It was in Jimmy Woo every weekend. Oh, <laughs> you know, Jimmy like, Woo! Like, like partying, bit of zoo. Every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. we're out. Monday to Friday, we're oh, grinding. I love young, that. Young, just on the, on the hustle, but just loving life. You know, now you have, you're older and you've got additional pressures and... You know, like, it's, it's serious now mm. where we're at. It's serious, especially for the DP, FB guys and the rest of them. It's serious yeah. now, the level that they're at. And, I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm making my steps too mm. and I'm working with big brands. Serious now, the level where we're at. So back then, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it was good days, man. Really good days because... The smile on yeah. your face says it all, my brother. <laughs> it was really good days just because, you know, like, around so much positivity and it's, and, you know, we're working at Nike and meeting, you know, that's when we all met as well. And just everyone that I met during those first two years was just positive energy. Yeah. yeah. I feel like everyone who moves from the UK to the Netherlands, Amsterdam specifically, they're just kind of taken over almost by the magic of what Amsterdam offers and yeah. it's like as you said it's so inspirational people so yeah. creative so open yeah, yeah. 
and so collaborative. And yeah, I think that's 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 the magic of what Amsterdam is, and it inspires you, man. There's a real togetherness. Yeah. You know, Big time. We spoke about branding earlier, but like Amsterdam really isn't a city in it, bro. It's, nah, like, yeah. it's a village. Yeah, it's a, yeah. In terms of size, it's a village with the cultural importance of a city. Yeah, because externally, cultural, externally, yeah. the rest of the world, Amsterdam's on the map, which is also, yeah. you know, it's a tiny city, but tiny, to have the global presence tiny. that it has, bro, you know, it's amazing. Every, in everything. Every, everywhere you go, yeah. you say, I live in Amsterdam, it's like, oh, yeah. man. Everyone, love that everyone city. has a story or yeah. a positive thing in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, one yeah. dislikes Amsterdam. No, no, no. You know? No. So, okay, so you've lived an incredible two years in Amsterdam. Yeah. How do we then transition to the next phase of what's going to happen in your career? So, um, I was part of this, you remember, the, the WPC, the Western Europe product creation team. I was part of that team. And then around, I guess, 2015, 16, something like that, um, the leaders in Portland closed down all of the regional product creation centers. Yeah, I remember they this. They shut them all down. It's ironic remember. because then Joel opened up like, yeah, like a few years later. later. <laughs> well, not even years, bro. Like nine months later, they reopened it and just renamed it. Crazy. Because um, they realized they fucked up, basically. Um, so yeah, because they closed that. And because I've been at Nike for only two years, it was like impossible I would get a visa to go to Portland. And I had two very good managers, Fra and Fabio, shout out. And uh, they were like, we can't let this kid like leave leave Nike, you know, like you know. I'm taking it. You were smashing it, then. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was, I was just enjoying what I was doing. So I was oh, hungry. That's you know? a really, that's just, a beautiful feeling. I was just know? enjoying it, man. So I was just getting after it, and also like just like I always, always, not always do, but just like thinking about it in a different way. Like I just wasn't approaching it in the regular way, I was just approaching it in my way, my job, you know, and enjoying just trying to push a little bit the boundaries of what my job normally entitled me to be doing. So, and I think just my, I had two very good managers that just obviously saw saw that and were like wanting to give me a, an opportunity. And some, and like they made, they made Vietnam or, at first it was China, then it was Vietnam. They made basically the opportunity for me to go to Asia and have interviews for Asia. And um, uh, yeah, and it was because I was like, I was the, the the my my position at Nike was more, it was too junior normally for an expat position yeah. in, in Vietnam. I guess he was a specialist. Say again, he was doing a specialist role here. Yeah, the... I mean, I was just, I mean, here I was a footwear developer, but I was like a developer one, and yeah. normally that's yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. the titles, that, you know, associate dev one, dev two, all these bullshit yeah, titles. Yeah, yeah. But I was a dev one, and normally to have an expat contracts in Asia, Vietnam, China, wherever it may be, Indonesia, you need to be Dev 2. And they managed to pull some strings and and I was like one of the first, I think I'm, they said, I may, it might have even been the first oh, Dev 1 at Nike to get that kind of opportunity. So they managed to pull some strings that make it happen for me. So that's how I got, and of course I'm like, of course, let's fucking go, are you mad? This was a crazy opportunity. You say that though, but there's a lot of people that would be like, mm. Yeah, too far. I've always, I've also always been one who's like enjoyed being out of their comfort zone. To be honest with you, I love that. You know, I mean, I've always liked that, and uh, so I wasn't really f fearful of it. It's so not a normal like, thing, though. There's a, there's a lot of people that refuse to come out of their comfort zone. Yeah, but I think that's such a shame. It's like, how do you grow? How do you, how do you make mistakes? How do you evolve? How do you develop? You know, like it's impossible. I mean, I, I use this, I use this this phrase every time I get interviewed or whatever, but like Muhammad Ali had this quote and it's lived by me from day, day one. 
and it's he can be also she who is not courageous enough to take risks or will accomplish nothing in life, mm. right? So it's like, you need to step out your comfort zone, man. you need to take risks. And that's not the reason why like, I, took that, I took that job in Vietnam because it wasn't like a conscious decision. It's just naturally how I... It's your approach to life, isn't think, it? Yeah, how I approach. So um, I was excited by it, but also daunted. it was daunting. And I, when I flew, when I left, when I flew... I actually cried the whole flight yeah, to Vietnam, man. Swear, Swear down. down. I cried the whole flight. I couldn't stop crying. Where did you fly from? From Amsterdam. Right, okay. Did you have a send-off? I did, yeah. I think Matt, Matt came. Who else? I think who else came? Ozzy came. A few of the boys came. I think Hussein came. Yeah, a few, a few of the boys came. But nice. I didn't start crying then. I was on the plane, but that's when it hit me. Because up until that moment, I didn't really, like, acknowledge what was happening. I just was like, you know, like... Excited by it all and everything. It's going to be cool. Saw the contract, you know, driver, house nice, paid for, nice. all this kind of... At like, 25? 26. 26? All this, like, cool shit, you know? Mad. Just like, right, I'm going to move to Vietnam. I'm going to live in, like, a five-star hotel. I'm going to have a gym, swimming pool, driver. This is going to be sick, you know? Then it hit me when I was on the plane. And obviously, we talked on the two years I was here, and they were amazing two years. So much fun. Met all the boys, and it just hit me, like... Man, I'm moving to the other world, man. This is a 15-hour flight. Mm. And it's a long time I'm to leaving. think about what, yeah. you're, what you're going and to, I'm isn't leaving, it? Like, I didn't want to I didn't want to leave. I really didn't want to leave. It was too soon to leave. I didn't want to leave. Um, so I, cri- I cried the whole way, man. I was like, fuck. Yeah. But it, I don't regret it at all. It was, it was how, sick. How was that for you? I mean, yeah, how was Vietnam for you? Like Vietnam was like, there were some days where I was like so homesick. Yeah. I'm like, what the, literally, what am I doing here? Mm. Really, what? Because culturally, it's, Asia's wild, man. Culturally, it's so yeah. different. English, Jamaican, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm more like, I'm more European, British, African, mm. Caribbean culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Asian culture is so different, but um, nah, it was amazing, man. It was Serious. fucking sick. Where, whereabouts in Vietnam? Were Saigon. You okay. Saigon. Okay. Okay. And like I got a scooter pretty early. I shouldn't have done it. Was in my contract, but fuck that. How are you gonna <laughs> in the get contract to not? Yeah, or? man. Because the insurance, it's dangerous. The insurance would have been wild to, oh, get, okay, to okay. get. But it's like, how do you move around that kind of seat without yeah, a scooter? So, yeah. I pretty. I mean, day one, I got a scooter. Yeah. As soon as soon as I touched down, I, a friend put me in touch with a uh, min. This kid, this kid saved me, man. Cause shout out to Min. Shout out to big Min. Time. Man. Shout out to Min, big time. Because Berlin, uh, German Vietnamese guy, and a friend of mine. Uh, Flo, he put me in touch with him and um, he was out there on an internship from his uni and he basically plugged me in like... So important, man. As close... I mean, there isn't anything out there back then especially that we are comfortable with in terms of culture, community, the scene, music, fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not not like what we're used to. But as close as I could get to that, Mm. he plugged me into that from day one and he helped me get he got me a scooter introduced me to his crew and everything and yeah and then for the first like first six months like I was with him a lot so I was cruising around the city like the stimulation mad and I was traveling Asia a lot I went to every yeah everywhere in Asia man like everywhere like name name a place and I've probably been there you know like everywhere so over the three years and obviously within my job I learned I learned like a crazy amount, man. I was every day in the factory, yeah, you know, like yeah. as an engineer, like yeah. who likes engineering, yeah. geeks out over that shit. So I was like pushing what I, I was on a three-year contract. And I was meant to only do 
one category while I was there. Yeah. After the third, after the first year, I was like, "This is boring, man." Like you can do more. I want to do more. I'm in Vietnam. I'm in the factories. We do every category of product here. Mm. Why are you not letting me touch other stuff? And again, I had again shout out. I had a Korean boss, Jin uh, Jin Hun Jin Hun. And he like shouts out to Jin yeah, Hun. Hun. He he like he listened to me and was like, "All right, okay, let me get you other 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 jobs." And he's the one who got me the off-white collab. Really? Yeah. He didn't have a clue what he just gave me. Really? Yeah, he had no idea what off-white was, man. He gave me. There were three shoes from Virgil's R.I.P. Shout out to Virgil, man. Every time, man. There were three shoes from his the ten that were made in Vietnam, and Jin Hyun gave me the gave me that project. To it was do, the, to do the Vaporfly, the, the, the Hyperdunk, and the '97, right? Exactly. Yeah, you remember yeah. from my office. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when that's when like that's what opened up my eyes to to what I'm doing now, basically. Yeah, because you're working with a lot of like yeah high fashion, high fashion streetwear, luxury streetwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what opened up my eyes to like setting up what I've, what I've set up now. So then, okay, so when the 10 uh, launches, are you still in Vietnam or? Yeah, yeah, I'm still there, yeah. And then like, yeah. the world's going crazy over it and you're <laughs> like, yo, this, yeah, yeah. Like, this, this is me. Yeah, like, yeah, How does that sure. feel? Like, It's amazing, man. Obviously, no one knew it was yeah, me, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah. you can't really be like, yeah, oh, yeah. sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wasn't even like that <laughs> yeah, because yeah. obviously like, I'm I'm in the factory to execute their, yeah. their ideas, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like, I'm in between him and the Nike team and the factory. So I'm there to exo. Yeah, I mean, I contributed on like the construction, which I guess yeah is a is a major part of the sure. of those shoes, you know. But yeah, no, it was it was sick for sure. And like I said, it opened up my eyes and my thinking to like what I'm doing now. Yeah. Before we go into the technical side, what do you think is the what do you think is the thing that you learned the most from Asian culture? You know what, like how how. Um, how humble and nice, how humble and nice it's ridiculous. The people are, man. Like, it's I ridiculous. worked, I worked, so I was, uh, I wasn't super close with the other Nike expats that worked in Vietnam office because they're primarily from Portland. They're quite, you know, like, 10 years older than me, at least. Mm. They're there with their families. They're white. It's a bit different. It's just different people, man. We don't really have a lot in common. So I didn't really, when I went to work, I didn't really... I would communicate with them for work purposes, but not like in a jokey way, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You never vibed um, with anyone. Didn't I didn't. You? I didn't vibe with anyone. No, for sure not. And in the factories, so my people at work were were the factory workers. I vibed with those Sick. guys, man. They were they were funny, man. They were funny, good guys. Loved to drink whiskey. Really? Like got me smashed so many times, <laughs> so many times. And I can hold my whiskey so they so they had mad respect for me. They were like, "Your mother's <laughs> sick." Um, and and those guys, their knowledge is wild, is wild, and they work so hard, and they're just mad humble, man. Bro, the humility is the thing the that I can't put my nuts. finger on. Like, where does it come from? The humility is nuts. They're just respect, yeah, I don't know. The respect, their approach to like work, uh, the focus that they have. Yeah, so just I mean that 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 for sure, man. That that for sure, like to be humble, man, and to yeah, to really be humble, like not really. The, I mean, yeah, I just really gravitated massively, massively towards, and even the Nike colleagues that I was closest to were the Asian Nike colleagues. So the so the, so wow. the Thai guys, the Vietnamese guys, mm. the South Korean guys. I was much closer to to either the the Nike guys from Asia or the factory workers. Just yeah, yeah. their humbleness and yeah. 
just really good people, man. And did you ever get to travel to one of your colleagues' countries or link up with them in like a in like a Bangkok or a Seoul? I didn't. Or I didn't with my colleagues, yeah, yeah. but I went to all those countries oh, with man. friends that are from there and oh, living dope, there. Dope, yeah, dope. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bro, so like, a, like in the three years I was there, I built up a really good like yeah. network around Asia. Yeah. Like from Tokyo to Seoul to Bangkok to Hong Kong when was you to in, Manila. When, when did you come back to Europe? Two thousand and the end of eighteen, start of nineteen. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The oh, end of eighteen, start of nineteen, oh, yeah. Oh. But yeah. even what you just said, your network around Asia, that's not many thing that's sorry, that's not something that many people can say they have, especially someone from originally from Birmingham to say yeah. they now have this crazy network all over Asia is yeah. it's a resource. I mean, obviously, like, COVID kind of is, has made that difficult to keep that as strong as it was over those three years. I've got a lot of, like, you know, like, uh, reconnecting to do, let's say, for sure. But, yeah, during those three years, for sure. And like, still, like, my really close friends, like, you know, I'm still, we still chat and we still, li- and we still have each other. Um... But yeah, for sure. It's also one of the reasons why I was confident to try to leave because I knew I knew the unique position I was at, like the intersection of all these different things, mm. um, both in my way that I thought, but just in my network from Asia to Asia to the from the east to the west. That's what I wanted to touch on now. So you're twenty nine at this point? When I left, I was 29, yeah, 29 when I left and moved back. So I moved 26, so it was three years, 26 to 29. So you've been yeah. Nike for five years, give just or take. Just over five, yeah, just five, give or take, yeah. You're working at arguably the biggest sports mm. brand. Well, by yeah, facts, yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. sports brand in the world. You've sure, just sure, just sure. worked on <laughs> you've just worked on the 10. What gives you the, the feeling that you need to now move on? Because... You know, we, we worked at Nike for a long time, saw people with 20, 25-year yeah. careers, 30-year careers. What was it that you was like, no, nah, five years is good, I'm, I'm ready to move and, and do my own thing now? I mean, it wasn't like a plan from the beginning at all, for sure. And, like, it kind of really came into, into my mind the last, like, year and a half while I was in Asia. Um, just because, like, when I worked on that, the 10 also, I worked on, like, football boots. I did, I did some... I did one of the boots that was for the World Cup. Sick. Um, of, of, uh, I just, uh, like, running shoes, performance, lifestyle, I did a lot. So it's like, that really, you know, opened my eyes up to being able to touch different different areas. And obviously then seeing, obviously, my friendship group here, the boys yeah. have the brands here, seeing them grow, grow their brands and having success. And then also, like, seeing how footwear developers in Asia and in I went to Portland for two weeks to HQ seeing how what footwear develop how footwear footwear developers work and just realizing like yo I work nothing like that. Yeah you I knew think, you had something special. I think nothing like that, you know? Um so I knew I, I thought differently, I worked differently, I had a different mind a different approach and I tried to find somewhere in the company that would fit that, you know, this kind of multifaceted approach that I had. I liked design. I liked, but I liked the marketing side. I liked the storytelling. I liked, obviously, the product, but I'm, I'm a geek for engineering still, you know? Mm. Like, that's, in the day, that's kind of my, 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 my foundation. So, like, where can I be there? I touch these things. It doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist in Nike, you know? It just simply doesn't exist. And it's not a problem. I mean, a company as big as Nike, it can't exist. You need everyone that does... There it needs to be siloed, right? It needs to be siloed. It needs yeah. to be structured. You can't have someone that 
touches a bit of everything, it would be a mess if everyone was doing that, you know, in such a big company. So I get it, but then it's not for me. Right? And then, all right, then I've got to build that if I want to live and work in that. Um, so that's basically how I came to that. And it was like, it wasn't a quick thing. It took me a long time to come to that conclusion. It was kind of like, there was some sadness in that conclusion, to be honest with you. Mm. It wasn't like, it wasn't happy. It was Closing like... Closing of a chapter, isn't it? Like a, yeah, and it's also like, fuck, really? I've got to leave to do this? Really? Yeah. Really? work. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, I mean, yeah, I mean... No more driver, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> work to like, you're working and enjoying, now you got work to survive. Yeah, yeah, especially at the beginning. I mean, you're not fully aware that people tell you, like, if you start your own business, fuck, man, be prepared. It's going to be a slog for the first five years. Corn beef sandwiches for the man, then. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust. Like, they tell you that. And obviously, I saw my boys from early on, you know, like... I saw the growth. I saw it early on. Like, when I first moved here, for example, the DP guys, I was more financially comfortable than those yeah, guys, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, look at them. Now, it's completely different. So, um, so yeah, but you're not fully aware. But it was definitely a sadness to realise I was going to have to leave. And I left when they offered me a new contract with a pay rise. And I was like... That's when I... That's actually wow. when I was like... Nah, you don't get it, man, because it's not about money. It's like yeah. I've been asking for a position that would do X, Y, and Z for, like, the best part of nine months now, and uh, you were not getting any closer, and now mm. your solution is... Because my contract money. was due to end in, th in, like, two months. It was October, and my contract was due, due to end in December. And now their solution is to give me the promotion that I've been asking for for a year and a half, and with a pay rise. And I was like, nah, it's, it's not it, man. It's not it. So that's when I was like, I can't accept this because I'm gonna leave at the end of my contract in December. It's yeah. almost it's almost um, that thread again of being uncomfortable. Like you you were offered more money, a promotion, so to speak. But the thing that interested you the most, or that you gravitated towards the most, was starting up your own venture, starting yeah. up your own thing. And I think that's like that's been a consistent theme throughout the course of this conversation. Sure. That you're just like. You like being uncomfortable. Yeah, I just like being on the edge. I've been on the edge because I feel like that's where you, like, achieve and I'm, grow, the, I'm the same, bro. I'm sure. exactly the Obviously, same. Obviously, like, I've been on the edge for a while now, so it's like I want to, like, at some point get off the edge and just be comfortable, you know? Um, but do you, though? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, probably not, but be a little bit more stable, you know? But it's okay. It's like three years in business, like, there's always... Like, when you're building, there's always, like, this phase, so... But, yeah, I definitely like... I definitely like what you can achieve when you push yourself and put yourself out of your comfort zone and put yourself on the edge. I really like what what you can get out of yourself when you do that to yourself, for sure. Yeah, I feel like making yourself too comfortable is... Um, it's not very sportsman-like. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like you never rest on your laurels. You're yeah, always trying to perfect something well, or well. like, improve. No, not like, look, I mean, I love... I always love, like... I always love putting sport and it's sport links to explain things, you know? And it's like... Look at, like, the greatest, you know, Nadal and Federer and Messi and Ronaldo. Like, these guys are just relentless. Like, it's every single day until the end of their career. And then I guarantee you their career ends and they have that same approach and something else, yeah. you know. So it never stops, that, that constant 1% refinement, you know. And as you, as you get better and closer to the pinnacle, you know, the... 5%, the 10%, the 5% improvements turn into 3%, 2%, 1%. But it all, they're always, even if it stays at 1%, they're still looking for that 1, that 0, 0.5, that 0, 0.25, you know? 
So it's like, yeah, I like that. I, I do think in addition to you, like, basically not wanting to rest on your laurels and get out of your comfort. I think that in addition to just having a certain confidence as well, because it's difficult to... It's, it's one thing to have an idea or to not want to accept an O'Malley, but you need to also have the confidence to yes. to follow through with it. So yeah. I, I think that's super, super special. But then when you add also another layer, which you spoke about in the beginning, which is I think you've always had an idea of what your purpose was and you've had the confidence to try and chase and fulfill what that purpose is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it's moving to another country twice, moving back to the Netherlands from Vietnam. And I think that's not something that should be sort of taken for granted, you know. And, you're, you're, you know, we, we look at present day where you're running a company, you have a team around you. Like, you must... You must sometimes look back when you was frolicking around on a scooter in, in Vietnam yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. or running around in Jimmy Woo in your early days and just <laughs> yeah, thinking, yeah. rah, like, yeah. this is so mad, you know? At the end of the day, like, what, what I'm doing now is, is for sure, like, what I dreamt I would be doing when I was like, okay, I'm going to leave and set something up. Nice. For sure, this is, this, is, this is what I dreamt. But again, it evolves, man. Always it evolves. Like, now, like, within my company, I'm, it's changing. I'm changing the way that we are run and we we run our company you know that's changing and like the way that i set it up and started it is how i thought i wanted to set it up and start it it's now changing yeah. and we're gonna it's gonna be slightly different for sure and uh you're working with some legendary brands like raf simmons yeah. rick owens not rick sorry sorry, sorry, sorry I'm not, <laughs> uh, what do you call it stone island yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, alexander mcqueen and yeah, i think yeah, a nice yeah. touch is that i've also seen that you also work closely with daily paper and fp like yeah, yeah, that must be nice stuff, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. A, a whole yeah. a whole a whole a whole like full circle yeah, moment yeah. isn't it yeah yeah that's nice i was um i was reading the high snob article about yeah. you and what yeah. you do and the tagline was something along the lines of your favorite designer's secret weapon. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. So, as we begin to close off, how would you sort of describe what it is that you you do for these brands that Kwame just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, it's like it is. It is like a, a behind the scenes uh, creative studio, and we 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 enable and drive like the creation of product basically for these brands. Um, my analogy is like it's like the Neptunes. You know, like Ooh. in the in the early the early noughties, you know, when the Neptunes were just like making Running. bangers, yeah, man, just yeah, producing yeah. the biggest hits on the radio. That's kind of like how that's that's my ambition is to like Areti for Areti to become this, you know, like behind the scenes, just like producing and creating like some great product that you see on the street and you recognize, you know, from these brands and whatnot. And we're the ones that are creating it behind the scenes. But it's not, yeah, you wouldn't, you will never see like a Stone Island Aretti collab. That's not mm, our purpose. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. purpose is behind the scenes. But also to like to be a catalyst for change in the industry. The industry is already already changing and has been changing for a while. And we kind of came in at a good time for that change. There's a lot of independent creatives, independent studios now, um, which is wonderful, wonderful to see. And yeah, the things we're working on now will just like further, like double down on that yeah. ambition to be the catalyst yeah. for change. Like, uh, we started off with the purpose, of course, is like make it work. Like, just get it up, get it running, make it work. Obviously, then COVID hit, like, fuck, let's survive. Shit, yeah, you that know? must have been That's scary. Wild. Like, three months, like, 
two months after my first project released, which was RAF, RAF January 2020, three months COVID hits, COVID fuck. begins. So like that happens, so it's like, fuck it, make it work, like make it, just make it work, make it survive, you know, and you, you don't have the privilege anymore to like work on some of these more purposeful um, objectives that you have. Now we're at that stage where we can, and now it's about making it right, you know? Wicked. So that's what we're moving on to now is like, okay, we've gone through the make it work stage. I mean, we're still, yeah, we're still dealing with that, but as we look forward now, it's about make it right. Um, so that's an exciting opportunity. Uh, and, and you and your team will sit down with a brand, understand what they're trying to do, and then bring it to life essentially essentially right? yeah essentially. from a footwear yeah, from perspective a footwear, now from a footwear perspective now yeah. and that's also an area where we're where we're where we're looking to improve and get better at as well um is how we how we do that with more purpose um and how we do that in a way that it makes sense more um but yeah we basically sit down with a brand we receive a brief and we yeah and we we ideate and we research um and we create concepts and we design all the way through to production. Nice. For, for Which is quite, it's quite, um, I wouldn't say full circle, but very linked to what you was doing previously, yeah. right? You've got all your contacts, real, factories. For real, for real. So, yeah. like, you've really made it work for you. Yeah. You've I made mean, your jobs in the yeah. past work for you. I mean, the reason why like, now. we can offer the production part of the service is because of my three years in Vietnam. And that's what makes our studio quite unique in the fact that we not only can, like, create ideas and design, we can also bring it to life. manufacture those ideas, you know, those, those products and those ideas, bring it to life, you know. And we have genuine knowledge in how to do that, you know. It's so um, mad, bro. So it's really, it's, it's unique in that sense. Um, yeah, but... I, I want to move out of footwear as well, so we're, yeah. we're doing mm. one footwear project starting st starting now. So, um, so, but it's yeah. amazing that you've you've started with footwear because I think a lot of people underestimate the fact that you know if if us three tomorrow wanted to start a clothing brand, we could do it like that. Yeah. But footwear is so specific. Yeah, footwear is mad hard, it's man. Crazy. Footwear is crazy difficult. It's, crazy. it's insane. Yeah. That. A lot of these brands that you're probably sitting down with, they don't have the technical know-how. Yeah. They don't have the factory relationships yeah, yeah, to bring this to life. Like, yeah. footwear is... I think footwear, again, I'm going to use the word underestimated. It's such an underestimated skew because it's like, again, apparel you can do, yeah. easy money. Obviously, you have different levels of quality and yeah. we couldn't reproduce an Izzy Miyagi yeah, 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 pleated true. pant tomorrow. Yeah. But footwear is just like... It's an it's art almost. Yeah, it's an art. Sense. And I think that's just testament to, to the relationships you built and your technical know-how as well, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge for sure. But yeah, that's, that's, why, that's why we've been able to like have the start that we've had, you know, and go through this like make it work phase with the clients that we've had and grow. But if, we, if I look at our product portfolio now, where it was like a year and a half, like it's, it's quite different. Mm. It's very different and it's mm. going to become more different as we move forward. It really like in this make it right phase, you know, yeah. that's what I call like this, this like, we're now in this phase of like making it right, make it, make it make more sense, really get back to like this, doing things with purpose. Yeah. We, get, we really need to get back to that. Yes. I feel like that word we're going to hit, we've, we've heard it so much yeah. and it's, it's something that just kind of like flows through you. Like yeah. you're a very purposeful man. Yeah. I had one question, which is almost from like a business perspective, where you've pivoted from being the creative the one with the idea and having this vision to now almost being like this creative director where you have to, you know, you spoke about earlier about your team and then yeah. buying into and adding on to your ideas. What is that pivot like? Because I can imagine 
someone who has the technical know-how and yeah. is super passionate that you you might want to get involved all the time. No, for sure. And it's and it's like uh, I, I wouldn't call it a mistake because it's like it's natural, you know. When you start a business as your baby, you want to like you want to manage all areas of it to make sure that it kind of grows how you want it to grow. But the first two years, I definitely yeah. I mean, I was involved with a lot of things. Now, like I, I trust my design team, you know to go and work I don't want to be involved too much now in, in their part of what they do you know I need to be far less involved and have more of this director role and work on other areas of the business so that's something now like the last few months and again it's part of this new transition we're going through into this make it right phase now I'm less and less involved in the early stages of like researching and concepting and then I get involved like into the concept to design phase and give an engineering point of view and give my creative engineering point of view. That's how I get, that's how I'm involved now. So yeah, at the beginning for sure I was involved. Um, and now definitely like, I'm far less involved, but I don't want to, honest with you, I don't want to be involved anyway. Oh. Um, like it's, it's cool, you know, I really trust the team, it's fine. Like you need to empower them and give them like, yeah, like, like I said earlier, like give them the ecosystem to thrive. And that's how I see my role in what they do, just give them the tools to do what they need to do to the best of their ability. That's all I need to do. I don't need to like research with them and design with them. You know, I need to be involved from an engineering point perspective at the right time. But like, other than that, just what do you need to do what you need to do to the best of your ability? I'll provide it. That's my only job. You know. Yeah. It's um, it's been sick to <laughs> to break down the journey, and obviously we've been boys for a minute now, but. Yeah. Uh, I think the podcast, the thing that we love about the podcast gives us an excuse to get to know our friends true, yeah, true, on a true, deeper yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to personally ask one last question. Yeah, sure. I don't know if you have anything else, Combs, but I wanted to ask, like, you've always, you've always kind of like been on the edge of wanting to see what's next and how can you continue to develop and come out of your comfort yeah. zone without obviously giving too much information away on the direction of the company or whatever, where do you think, what do you think that mindset is going to do and where is it going to take you next? I mean, I've learned, I've learned, I've learned so much these last three years. So fucking much, you know? So, like, definitely, like, our balance, our product portfolio balance will shift, allowing us, again, to do things with more purpose, take more time to do things because... The, the hunger to grow and the hunger to take on projects and succeed at times is like, uh, you know, like the phrase, like you're bitten off more than you, you can chew. We've definitely yeah. had that a few over the last three years when you throw okay. COVID into the mix as well. And we've always been a very small team. Factory delays, all of that. Factory delays, yeah. like not being able to visit Asia, this kind of thing. So yeah, product portfolio, so like, balance like better balance so that allows us to do our projects with more intent go deeper be be more purposeful and then yeah step outside of footwear man we're definitely going to be stepping outside of footwear we're going to be yeah stepping into other other product avenues and working with working with brands and individuals um that's a little little hint for some this that's, that's to go. <laughs> one person <laughs> in this world <laughs> uh, in just yeah, just in new ways that allow us just to yeah, allow us just to do our job better, you know, mm. nice. for sure. Yeah. No, that's dope, Miles. Um, 
Yeah, this is always funny for me because, like, obviously the guys knew you a little bit better, so I'm more on the edge. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great way to understand your story. I'm sure you are, but you should really be proud of yourself, man. Like, um, Thank it's you, yeah. a, a great story. Um, I think this is going to have a lot of worldwide resonation in terms of believing in yourself. And um, I was going to say, like, you you were obviously doing, like, ten toes in, in Saigon. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are putting their ten toes in some of your... Yeah. <laughs> of your and, like, futuristic yeah. designs. And I have one last thing. Shout out to your lecturer and those shin pads. In <laughs> Trust real, me. But, no, um, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to do what I do. So you have listened to the Out of Home podcast with your guys, Yaf, Qualms, Key and Steven. It's love every time. We have the very special guest, Miles O'Mealy in the house. And um, yeah, catch you on the rebound, people. Peace. Thank you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 